Welcome to another episode of the Lone Recruiter Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Clementson, and if you're a recruiter out on your own or just lacking general advice or mentorship, you've come to the right place. Our episodes are designed to give you the motivation, the strategies, and the support you need to become the very best Lone Recruiter. So join us, grab a cup of coffee, and let's take your desk to another level. Now, restraint of trade clauses. If you're a recruiter and you have worked for an agency and you've ever considered leaving for another agency or to go out on your own, everyone, every, every, everyone has asked the question, what is my restriction? What is my restraint of trade? What can and what can't I do? Sorry, there's my Skype. Um, when I change jobs. And there is no straight answer, unfortunately. But what I hope to do today is to go through some, some details that I've gone through personally, what I have found online and give you a bit of a steer, you know, in terms of what may or may not be applicable to you and what avenues and, and, and what courses of action you need to take so that you feel confident in whatever move you make um, at moving forward without looking over your shoulder. It's as simple as that. So I will start this episode by saying I am not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. This is purely legal observation and it's, an, it's to give you an idea of what you can and can't do for you to go and make your own assessments and seek your own advice from a professional uh, before you take any action. So there it is. There's a big fat disclaimer. Got to do it. I don't want anyone here coming chasing me because I told you to do something and it was wrong. What I'm going to tell you is just what I've seen and, and experiences. So we'll get into it. So look, let's just start by what is a, a restraint of trade or a non-compete clause. It is essentially a, a section of your employment contract that says you can't do you, you know, you can't approach certain clients, you can't poach, um, you know, workers or employees here, you can't work with candidates and you can't um, breach confidentiality for a p- period of time, right? And look, to be fair to the, the company that's employing you right now that has these clauses, they're paying your wage to develop clients. They're, they're paying your wage to to market to candidates. They're, they're paying you to do your job it is kind of unfair to then just take that and and essentially steal that, you know, from today to tomorrow, you know. So I, I'm all for them, but I also think what I'm not for are unrealistic timeframes within that and, and what that implication means for you when you leave, if they try to pursue you and do you go to court, do you settle outside of court and all those things. So first and foremost, this, this document here, and I'm, I'm quoting a guy named Andrew Jewell. So there's a free shout out to him. He might be a good one to to speak to directly. Um, he's at legal firm McDonald Murholm. I'll, I'll drop a link in the episode. Um, I have not had his permission <laughs> to, to do this, but this is this is information that was on a um, online document. So I'm assuming it's in the public domain that he's okay with me pushing potentially customers his way. So Andrew, feel free to give me a call. But look, he sort of breaks it up, as I said before, into four sort of common restraint clauses, so non-compete clauses, non-solicitation clauses, no poaching and recruitment clauses, and in confidentiality clauses, right? And what was interesting here is he goes on to say that a restraint clause cannot be accepted on face value um, because the courts will uphold it only if it is deemed reasonable. And I think that's the key here. And, and I know, again, you've probably heard that before, but what is reasonable? From what I hear, talking to other recruitment leaders, from other recruitment agents, three months is the number that keeps coming up. Three months is reasonable, right? 
the courts will always act in favour of the employee over the employer because it is important that people are allowed to work. If you are, have you, if your chosen speciality is recruitment, and even within that, it's IT. Who is your old employer to say you can't go and take that skill set somewhere else? Think of your candidates, right? Let's say you do. Let's just say you you have an IT candidate who's a cloud specialist. Well, their employer is not going to say you can't be a cloud specialist somewhere else. It's no different for recruitment. If you're a an IT recruiter or a medical recruiter and you go to their competition to do the same job, well, the courts will say that's their trade. We can't preclude people from working. So the courts are in your favour within that regard. But I still think there needs to be a bit of a bit of fairness at play, right? If you're holding deals or placements, you've got client briefs and candidates and you move and you try to take those with you, I wouldn't be doing that. I think that's a very blatant breach of, of, of those clauses. But I think you could go there and start having conversations with clients and candidates and just say, look, I've made this move. I've got a few restrictions. You know, we'll, we'll be building up our, you know, client base and candidate base and we'll be going from there. Alternatively, you can go to this other recruiter, just say to them, I just need you to feed me for a few months just to, to lay low and then we can bring in what we've done. There are ways around it and I think most people understand it to be this way. I think most companies will will be accepting of this as well. Um I think the important part to really note, right, and I've I've seen 12-month restrictions where you go, okay, that, that feels quite large. Whilst within the realm of legalities to say we want to restrict someone for 12 months, the courts won't uphold it. But there are two, two distinct scenarios you need to really play out here, right, when you're considering moving and breaching any of these, any of these um, um, clauses. Is that one... There's you going through court to battle it out or two, someone's just going to do a cease and desist, like stop doing what you're doing and here's a letter. And the majority of the, of the situations end there. They don't even make it to court. That's Court's expensive for you and them. And if you've got a 12-month restraint, your employer will know that they're not going to court because they're not going to win it. Therefore, they have to pay your cost. But I think that why a company would put a 12-month clause in knowing it's not going to pass is purely to deter you from doing anything wrong. So, again, they're the two scenarios. If you breach your your clause and they don't like it, they're going to come after you and say stop, and they're within their rights to do that. You then have a choice to stop, and then it goes away, or you keep going, and then are they going to take it to the next level, which is we're going to court to battle this out. And that only you will know. Actually, no one's going to know. But you can kind of see, talking to ex-colleagues, people you used to work with who have left your company, what happened? What was that process? Did they breach it? Did, did they get pursued? How does that play out? You know, you can always do your research and your homework there. You might go, we just know they don't go for it. So, for example, me, everyone in my office knows I will not chase them. I've told them openly. I will never chase you. If you want to leave, please leave. I'm not holding you here to this job. It's my job to make this the most compelling, interesting, fun, exciting, profitable place to work. And if I can't achieve that for you, you feel like there are greener pastures elsewhere, then go. I'm not going to change that for you. It's it's completely your life. And that's my approach to it. And it's really healthy. And I've had people leave and completely the next day compete against me. And I say, good luck. 
And I, th- so that's my viewpoint on it. And they all know that. So if they leave, they're not going to be stressed. There are other people, there are, <laughs> there are other employers who I've, I've, I've you know, seen who are complete opposite. They're going to go for a 12-month non-compete. They're going to threaten you with law- lawsuits. They're going to take you through the courts. And they're going to make it really freaking difficult for you. Because guess what? For those 12 months, even if they don't win, their viewpoint is we've distracted you and you're not competition and you're probably going to go somewhere else. Plus all the staff that work with us now aren't going to freaking try that because they know what we're going to do. They're the two ends of the spectrum. and You need to determine whereabouts is your employer. You might have a very, you know, you might have a really good relationship with your boss and say, I'm going out on my own. I'm going over here for these reasons. I'm really sorry I can't make it work. I've loved my time here. Can you please walk me through what I can and can't do with my restraint? Are you going to pursue me? I want to go and do this. Do I need to wait the full three months? Can we come to an agreement so that we don't have to worry about this? Have a sensible conversation. A lot of people don't. And I think that that is a difficult conversation, but I think it's a worthwhile conversation. So maybe just start with rationality, have a very direct chat with your boss and say, I'm leaving. This is where I'm going. This is what I plan to do. Is this okay? Well, no, it's not okay. I don't want you to leave. Like, that's your market today. Okay, let's iron that out now so that you're not, I want to do the right thing and I want you to know I'm doing the right thing. So what can and can't I do? Work out what that is, make it black and white, and then you'll feel good moving forward. Um, look, and I think that's it, right? I think, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to common sense. It comes down to what is right and what is wrong. And that is different for every situation. But by starting by having that direct chat with your, your current boss about what you're doing and asking him what you can and can't do, that's going to lay the platform for what comes next. Okay, if you don't like what they say, it's like not to letter of law, it's 12 months, we're going to pursue you, da da da. Okay, so that's when you get additional advice and go, how do I get around this? What, what can and can't I do? What will hold up? And just know where you stand, know what your rights are. And going into that situation becomes now a bit more methodical and you know a little bit more about how that all will play out. So I hope this helped some people. My, um, uh, you know, it's not direct legal advice because every situation is slightly different. But just know that as a rough as a rough guide, three months is appropriate. And I think it's a respect you've got to pay as well. Um, anything more than that is probably deemed by the courts as unreasonable for a recruiter. I think for CEOs, if you're a Channel 7 CEO moving to Channel 9, gardening leave and having like a year off makes sense because you're running an entire you know, $100 million, you know, billion-dollar business and their strategies, you want to protect that. As a recruiter at a desk making, you know, three, six hundred grand, at the end of the day, the courts are going to go, just let them make an income. Let's just move on. Three months, we can cover three months, but beyond that, da-da-da. So that's kind of roughly where I see it all landing. And again, um, every, every situation is slightly unique. So do your own homework, do your own research, but I just wanted to give you a bit of a, a, a broad idea because not a lot of people know this. They haven't done it before, they haven't been in this situation, and I just wanted to give you the, what I've seen and what I hear. So that's all I have time for you today. If you've got anything out of today's episode, please like, share, subscribe. Um, it really helps us grow. Have an amazing day, and as always, may all your deals come true.